Hello, everybody. Welcome in to Watson's Playbook. If that does not get you hyped, then you're you're dead inside. You're you're cold. Now it's a great great song, great intro, probably the best intro music of all time. As you can see, where I'm kind of leading into this episode, the MJ Last Dance came out on Sunday, and we're gonna get into those um, specifically because you know they were they were going over the ratings today on the radio, and only two point. 8% in the Dallas Fort Worth area actually watched the show, which is kind of shocking because, um, first of all, we don't have any sports right now. So that kind of shocked me that it was, that was quite a bit, you know, lower than expected um, for it. But um, I was interested in it because I, sadly enough, I uh, I missed the great basketball years. I grew up, and the, the memories I had of Michael Jordan was when he was on the Wizards, and that was not the best of Michael Jordan, as we all know. He you know went to the Chicago Bulls, and uh, and he dominated, and that's why he is um, mo known to most. And I don't want to start argument here. Known to most to be the best basketball player to ever play the game. Now. Um, there's an argument between him and LeBron, and some people argue Kobe and all that stuff. I'm a big Kobe Bryant fan, um, and I don't think Kobe takes over Michael Jordan, and I don't think LeBron takes over Michael Jordan, but you can definitely argue the LeBron case um, because of his what he's done, what he continues to keep doing at his age, um, and everything like that. But I believe, I believe the best basketball era was in the the 80s and 90s and um that was when it was it was uh, more physical of a game um you i don't like the basketball game the way it's developed why we watched it develop from you know playing basketball to now it's just a three-point contest uh big men um are extinct the the big centers are pretty much extinct even uh, anthony davis for the lakers is out shooting threes 
Um, so it's a different game that's developed today. It's a, lo- it's a little bit softer as far as what they allow uh, with penalties. I like the old, old school games better. Um, I like those old school rivalries. Now everybody wants to team up with each other. Um, and it's a diff- just different game. I, I still love basketball. It's just a different game. And I, and I grew up a little bit later to um, really when I started getting into basketball. Um, I missed out on the good Michael Jordan era. So I was excited to see what everyone talks about, right? And when you talk about the greatest of all time, you, you know, there's only a few on that list. Um, and Michael Jordan is that for basketball. And people talk about the greatest of all time in football. It usually comes out with Tom Brady, um, Muhammad Ali, Babe Ruth, and those type of players with the lists are very, very slim. Now, the, the word GOAT does get sent around way too often nowadays in sports. But Michael Jordan is literally uh, the goat of basketball, um, in my opinion. Now, it's sports is a opinion based uh, uh, where you can you can sit down and try and break it down as far as um, stats and and rings and and all this stuff and who was on the team. Did did, did Michael Jordan have more help than, than LeBron James ever did? Um, you know stuff like that. So, um, but I was interested to see it because, like I said, I missed out on it, and I was interested to see why why everyone talks about his greatness and the first two episodes did not did not um what's the word i'm for they did not lack anything they they got you going they 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 want me wanting more i wish they would have they would have played out all the episodes it's a 10-part series um and they're gonna do two episodes each sunday and just just keep it out. And they they put it out at a good time because you know we're all quarantined. We have no sports, so it's good to go back and watch those um, games. Now, episode one kind of broke you down a little bit of Michael Jordan. It, it starts you off, and it's it's his the, the the last dance is what this is called, and it's called that because it was it was Jordan's um, I believe his last uh, season to try and get number six with the Bulls. And it was this chase for the ring number six. And he goes into the difficulties that they had that season because the owner, Jerry Krause, wanted, uh, they, he wanted to unload the team and, 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 and rebuild. Now, Jerry Krause in this episode, or in, in, these, in these episodes, has become the bad guy, and um, which it's kind of hard. Uh, to know because you know I wasn't on the team and all that stuff and you can watch it a lot of people um, decided that Jerry Krause was the bad guy but I think actually some of the things he did was pretty smart and I'll, and I'll go into that in a little bit but he was a small you know fatter white guy and he got picked on a lot by the by the Bulls and, and a lot of them felt disrespected by him and um, they were mad that he was trying to um, his last season uh, Michael Jordan with the Bulls um or not his last season, but one of the seasons he was injured and they didn't really want to put him back in because they wanted to lose out and get a higher draft pick. And Michael Jordan was mad because they started limiting his time because if he broke his ankle and he doesn't, you know, his mentality is you should always try and win. And it caused, it caused some issues between him and ownership. And uh, that, that's when they talk about how it really soured from there and it really never got any better. Um, in this documentary, they, they, they tell Phil Jackson that this is your last season. You could go 82-0, and 0, but it doesn't matter. You're out of here. 
and which I think that's not, that's the thing that's kind of like that's stupid. Like I understand if you if you think a team is on the way out and the team is is uh, getting older and you want to trade them, trade the players. Why you can still get some um, get them get some high reimbursement for them. Uh, I understand that. That's just business decisions and everything. Um, it's it's, it's that tough line though because. Why would you try and break up the team if they're winning championships and they're trying to get the sixth one? And so, you know, he's trying to walk that fine line. I think Jerry Krause is, is very arrogant and thinks he can do it. He actually came out with a with a statement in this. At, uh, he said that basically um, in, in, in short terms here, he said that the organization wins championships. And uh, he says he was misquoted on it. Um, but you can go watch it and see for yourself. So, He's a guy that wanted all the credit, and when it wasn't given it to him because, you know, you got Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and all these players on your team and Phil Jackson, um, when, the, when the GM doesn't get the credit, which I don't know any sport really that they give the GM credit um, as much as the star players, obviously. So he, he kind of uh, had an anger issue with that. They, call, they called it a small man syndrome, so... It's pretty interesting dynamic of, of how Jerry Krause and um, God rest his soul, he is he did pass away, but how he kind of ran the team and how the players really did not like him. And, and it, you know, it goes into that. It breaks down. The first episode breaks down. It goes back to college. And it's got some good quotes from Roy Williams, his, his coach, and when he played for North Carolina. Um, it talked about, uh, he says, there's a quote in there that says, uh, I might get verbatim, but he says Michael Jordan is the only player I've ever seen that, that turn it on and off, and he never turns it off. And that's a great quote, and that's something about Michael Jordan that you get to learn during this is he's very competitive, which I've already known that from the stories that you've heard from him. But he's so competitive he 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 hates to lose at anything. It's it's like a personal attack on him to lose a, a, a game of cards. Uh, it could be anything, any anything little. He hates to lose. That's the that's the um, competitiveness that he played with at a high level at all these years. And they they the people said that they were watching him when he when he was playing these games. Is every game mattered? Every game was like a, like a playoff game or a championship game. He took n- no time off, and um, so that's that's how he, you know he kept competitive. And it talks goes back into his family and his mom and dad, and it talks about him and his brother. That all would always fight each other and and would always play against each other and it was he said it. Michael comes out and you know says that because of those fights and arguments he got into with his brother who's also competitive really helped him out and get that competitive edge um, later on in life. So they go into dad and they go into the owners. They go back into his in his relationships and where Michael Jordan came from and the college and it goes back into his high school years and. Just talks about all that stuff, so you get to really in depth with Michael Jordan, and then um, the episode two is about Scottie Pippen, mainly about Scottie Pippen, and um, I, I, you know, I've always heard about Scottie Pippen being really good. I, I, you know, he's the Robins or the Batman, but I went and looked up his, his stats and and his All Star games and our first defense teams and, and all NBA teams he made. I didn't know he was that good. I didn't know that he was uh, one heck of a basketball player. He was actually probably um, at times the number two player in the league, right behind Michael Jordan. 
Um, so he, you know, Michael Jordan got quite a bit of help with Scottie Pippen. They became, they became really close. Had a great, uh, you know, a great uh, um, feel for each other on the court, and they got a really good connection. And uh, start talking about Scottie Pippen. And what's crazy and it blows my mind is so a couple of things I took away from this is is the owner Jerry Krause and uh, and he's kind of the bad guy in this in this episode. Um, another thing you take away from it is how cheap Scottie Pippen that Jerry Krause has got Scottie Pippen to sign for. Scottie Pippen signed a seven-year, eighteen million dollar year. He was the sixth highest paid member of the Bulls, and everyone kind of feels bad for Scottie. Oh, Scotty, you're only getting paid two point something million dollars. You're the second best player on the team, but you're getting paid the sixth highest. He had the 122nd highest, um, um, highest paycheck in the NBA altogether. But he was top five or whatever it was. And so, Scotty Pippen started feeling a little bit of resentment in that, and he felt under um, underappreciated, and he started feeling really bad. And really angry towards Jerry Krause, who um, would talk. Scotty talks about in this talks about how he would talk really nice to my face, and he would really want you know to to um, build me up. But behind my back, he was trying to trade me, or he was trying to do this, and it really got a souring um, taste in, in Scotty Pippen's mouth. And first of all, people feeling sorry for Scotty Pippen. Don't feel sorry for Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen's an idiot for signing the deal. Jerry Krause is a genius for getting him to sign the deal. That's his job as a GM is to get players and give them a contract where you can still um, still have money for other players. And that's the whole point of this job. It's the same thing with every sport, especially football, uh, where you got a cap space. And it's, a jo- it's your GM's job to, have, to give contracts. you got to know the market. You got to be able to get these guys to, to sign for maybe a little bit cheaper than they would somewhere else, um, so you have money to go around to build your team. So Jerry Krause getting Scottie Pippen to sign a seven-year, eighteen million dollar contract is genius on his part, and I don't think he gets enough credit for putting this team together. He is the one, the talented uh, that 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 brought these guys together and was able to make this happen in draft picks and and moving up in the draft to get players and picking the right guys. Um, so Scottie Pippen is the, is the, is the idiot there for signing that long seven year contract. No one signed a seven year contract. That is ridiculous as even his, his own manager said, Hey guys, you cannot sign, you do not sign this contract, Scottie Pippen. And Scottie Pippen signed it himself. So Scottie Pippen has no body to be mad at but himself. Uh, Jerry Krause would not get out of the contract, uh, for him, would not give him more money. And he talks about how Scottie Pippen goes, and starts by uh, berating Jerry Krause to where the team is like, or, or Phil Jackson was like, "Hey, you you've got to cut it out. This is this is going over the line." And so Scottie Pippen has no no uh, nobody but to blame but himself. And and Jerry Krause was a genius in that in that time. And Michael Jordan should have been thanking Jerry Krause for getting him one of the best players in the league to sign for that little, so they could keep adding players like Dennis Rodman. Um, and and grant to the team and sign these players. So that's a genius, and that's a great thing that Jerry Krause did. Um, he gets he has to get some credit for this. I know they you know they make him look like the bad guy, and he probably wasn't the best personality. 
Um, but as the owner of the, the Bulls told you, he didn't hire him to win a personality contest. He, he hired him to win championships and, and build a team. And I think maybe Jerry Krause got a little arrogant when he tried to, when he broke up the Bulls and tried to build it himself again. And it never got there. But um, so Scotty Pippen, don't feel bad for Scotty Pippen. He actually made more money playing basketball than Michael Jordan did. And um, Michael Jordan, I, interesting fact for being the best player ever to play the game of basketball, um, in, in most people most people's eyes. He didn't even make a, over a hundred million dollars playing basketball. Now he's he's made that with his shoe company and the Jordan brand and all that stuff. But just physically playing basketball, he ne- he never made over a hundred million. So I thought that was interesting too. Um, he did you know he's not playing in the times from now where people are getting paid bukus and bukus of money. But I figured he would get paid um, more than that, and I, I figured he'd make more than Scotty. But Scotty actually made more money physically playing basketball. I'm not talking about TV TV deals or or endorsements, but just physically playing basketball, Scottie Pippen um, has made more than that. So Scottie Pippen is well off. So don't 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 uh, don't uh, feel too bad for Scottie Pippen. It goes through a little bit with Scottie Pippen, his him growing up, um, how his his father had a had a stroke at their dinner table, and he was in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. And I believe uh, one of their brothers and sisters was in a wheelchair as well. And this talks about how growing up was difficult and. Um, but how he took care of his family once he got money. And that's that's the reason Scottie Pippen explains why he signed that contract. Because of the fact that it was a stable, it was it was stability. It was reassurance for his family over a seven-year period of $18 million. And, and I, you know, if someone offered me that seven years, $18 million contract to do my job I'm doing, I'm, you know, I'm taking it because I'm an average Joe, right? Um, it's, you know, two point something million a year. Um, but the reason I say he's foolish for taking that deal is because you got to know your value. Um, you got to know your value in sports, and and, and you're you're usually have a um, and Scotty Pippen did have a manager that takes care of those things because they know the market, they know your value, they know what other teams are, would be willing to give you, they know where you stand. So you take a smaller contract. And you 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 uh, try and get as much money as you can, and I can't blame anybody that does that. And anybody out there that's blaming other people, other sport figures, for holding out or trying to get as much money as they can, you're fooling yourself. You're not taking a pay cut, your own job. So um, this is their job. This is their money. Now we all we all probably agree that every sport player gets paid way too much money to play a game, but that's because. That's how much they bring in and revenue and all that stuff because we watch sports. So um, that makes that brings me in mind to the Dak Prescott contract and all that um, going on in Dallas uh, about him trying to take as much money as he can get. And that's a big if you issue. That's a different story for another day. I could go into that a little bit, um, but I probably won't do it on this episode. Anyways. If you have not watched MJ's Last Dance, I ex- I hope you're watching it. Um, and the, and the, and the numbers that came out as far as how many people were watching it in Dallas Fort Worth area, um, they don't consist of like you know I recorded it and I'm gonna, I watched it on Monday because I you know like, it came on late. I have to walk. I have to wake up early for bed. So or wake up early for work. So I I streamed or I, I recorded it on my Directv. And um, it w- I bet it would have got more numbers if it was on local channel, but it was on ESPN and ESPN2. But really good episodes. 
I can't wait for this next week. We're going to do the same thing, record it, come home on, after work on Monday and, and watch it. So, um, really, really good. Uh, we actually, other things we've been watching during this quarantine, we, we just watched the new Trolls movie. We actually rented it this last weekend. And my girls love Trolls. They love the first one. This, this one came out, and they love it as well. Now, in my personal opinion, I do like Trolls. Uh, once you have kids, you start watching these kids' movies, and you start getting your own your own favorites. Which one's your favorite? Oh, you know, Onward and Moana, those are two great ones, and, and Trolls is good. And so we watched Trolls World Tour, and it was 20 bucks to rent. I was like, man, 20 bucks to rent pretty expensive because I can go buy it for 20 bucks when it comes out. But we're, i got to remind myself, we're in quarantine. The girls really don't got much to do. 20 bucks is cheaper than going to the movie theater, so let's pop some popcorn. We'll go upstairs in our game room, and we'll watch it. So we did, and they absolutely loved it. And we had it for 48 hours, and we watched it nonstop until it was no longer available for us. And it's funny because uh, if you've ever seen it, you know, or the commercials, uh, Queen Barb is the bad guy. She's trying to steal all the trolls' strings and, and their music and make them all rockers. Anyways, Darla loves her. And it's funny because I'm like, she's the bad guy, but Darla really loves her. So she's all into rock now uh, lately. And I said, I can dig that and get you into some rock and roll. And so I actually got, we got some cardboard boxes and I cut out some guitar shapes and drew some strings on them, and they've been carrying them around this last week and just strumming the cardboard, acting like they're playing the rock guitar. So it's pretty cool and a, a pretty heartwarming moment to see that and get her in some rock music. It's, it's, it's great, too, when you have kids, to see them grow up and um, see the things they get interested in. And if they get interested in some things that you're interested in, it, it, it makes you put a, um, a smile on your heart, and you feel really awesome about it. So... Um, I'm hoping to get them into sports when they get older and show an interest. We've taken Dara to some baseball games and stuff, but um, we haven't, I haven't really had the time to try and sit down with her with, with football or any sport like that and on the TV and have her watch it with me. So I'm excited to get to do that, but six years old is still too young um, to get to do that for, for girls. Maybe if you have a boy out there, maybe you, you've started a little around this time. But um, So I, I just haven't started with her yet. Um, one show I do need to watch is Ozark. I haven't had the time to watch it. I have been playing a lot of Call of Duty. And, um, I have been playing a lot of Call of Duty. And usually on the weekends, I'll take the girls on Friday night when I'm off. On Saturday, I'll take the girls. I'll sleep with all the girls. My wife gets uh, to sleep by herself, gets well rested. And then Saturday nights when I stay up, I'm going to play Call of Duty. Um, and stuff like that. Now... I've just been playing the free war zone, but I talked the wife into and it was pretty easy. Uh, I said, hey, I'm going to buy Call of Duty. She said, okay, as long as I can buy a game. Sweet. That was easier than I thought it was going to be. So I bought Call of Duty and I bought the whole game and downloaded it. And I actually absolutely love it. Now, I'm the type of person when I'm playing Call of Duty, if I'm playing by myself, Warzone's okay, but I like to go and play, you know, your team death matches and your kill confirmed and you're infected and all this stuff. I like to play those game modes by myself because I just I just like it better. And when I but well, on Saturday night when I'm playing with my buddies, we play Warzone. We can team up together and go from there. So uh, I really like this Call of Duty. If you haven't bought it yet and haven't played it yet, uh, Warzone right now is free on there. It's it's it's, it's uh, going to be free forever. But it's free. Go play that. And then the games. I honestly recommend buying the game. It has a story mode. Um, so they came out with a couple Call of Duties, 
and then they came out with the Call of Duty Blackout, and, and and they didn't they got rid of the story mode, and Blackout was uh, is the uh, mode where they, it's kind of like Fortnite. It was their answer to Fortnite. You shove a hundred people on a map, you you land, you got to get guns, you got to get into the circle before the gas comes. It's last man standing wins. Well, they made this one, and, and it's it's a war zone, and it's uh they still have a story mode. They have co-op, and then they got multiplayer online. Um, it's awesome. It's an awesome game. I really, really like it. Um, I, Call of Duty is a really good game. Now, a couple of Call of Duties ago, I, I, Modern Warfare, I think it was, or um, one of those. I just don't like it when it's too futuristic and people are jumping 20 feet in the air and punching you with metal arms. And I, It's just so unrealistic. I can't get into it. Just give me a gun and a map, and I'm good to go. I don't need all this futuristic crap in it. And uh, they actually came out with a World War II version and that one was really good. That's what got me back into Call of Duty. And then this Warzone is amazing. So um, if you're gaming it up, I know a lot of people are gaming it up right now because of the quarantine. And um, go go play the Warzone. Uh, one other thing that I've been watching, and the wife actually got me into it, is a show called Is Love Blind? And, you know, I don't like a lot of reality TV. Um, not too much, you know, anything. I don't watch The Bachelor or any of that crap. And... Um, so she's like, baby, you gotta watch a show, is, is Love Blind, and basically what it is, is they get a house full of girls and a house full of guys, and they put them in these pods, you don't see the person, right, you don't see the person you're talking to, you're just talking to someone, someone that's on the other, like, basically in the other room, but the, the ceiling has, there's no ceiling to it, so you can hear the other person, and you get to know someone on a personal level, um, you take all that bias and judgment out of judging a book by the outside cover to where you get to really know somebody. And I think it's a great experiment because of that fact. Um, to me, you know, to me, when, you, when you're trying to date someone, see, I, when I grew up, I, was, I wasn't the guy that dated around and slept around and had one-night stands. It's not the type of guy I am. And I grew up and I had, you know, better morals and whatever, but... Growing up, I wanted a true connection with someone. Not, not. I didn't want just the, you know, oh, you look really good. Um, you know, I wanted a, a really good connection. And me and my wife, Jana, have that. We, we, you know, I, I, I'm one to say, like, obviously, to state someone, you're gonna have to think that they're pretty attractive to you, right? You gotta think someone's pretty cute um, to date somebody. But if that's all your relationship's based on, it's not gonna go far. So. Um, I was always wanting that personal connection, and with my wife, I found found my best friend and my soulmate, and all that. We have a really strong connection, and it's one of the reasons that our marriage is very strong. And and um, I hope that I can teach my girls that that um, you want to have the connection with that person, and you want to um, you want to almost be best friends with them. And I, I truly believe that because it happened for me, and. Um, all these marriages now that are failing, um, the divorce rate's 50%, and um, I hear that's going up because the people are quarantined with the, with the, with their spouse, and they spent all this time with them, which is pretty sad. To my, what I think to myself is, man, if you don't like your spouse, then why'd you marry him? If you can't, if you can't spend time with them, why did you marry him? Um, that's that's crazy in my head. Is 
I'm not marrying someone and tying myself down with someone if I can't spend time with them in a in a room for a week, a month, or whatever. Me and my wife, uh, we love spending time with each other. That's one of her love languages, actually, is um, time spent with her. And I, I honestly recommend, I haven't read the book or anything, and I didn't really know about um, the, the love languages that they talk about um, until like probably last year. And uh, But I totally believe in it, and I totally believe that People have different ways that they feel loved, and that that you if you and if you find that way um, that that they can feel loved, then you need to do those things. Now, I, I me you can you can have a different couple of different ones in there. I, I'm a time is a big one for me, but it's not as big. My wife's my wife is definitely time. She even if we're not doing something, she wants me in the same room as her, and um, I respect that, and I like spending time with her. So it's easy peasy for me to do that, but. I'm more of a physical person, um, more of a, hey, you know, hold my hand, give me a hug, we, we you know, give me a random kiss, and uh, so, and then you, you know, uh, you find the love language of your children, and, um, you know, obviously it's a different love language, but, um, like, let's see, uh, Darla is, she wants, she wants one-on-one time. Hey, Daddy. She told me, Dad, I want, I want Daddy time, and that, that I know that means she needs, she wants one on time with me, one on one. Now, um, usually that, usually that, that partakes of, uh, I will just sleep with Darla, and the other girls will sleep with Jana, and we'll play games on the phone and, and play around before bed, and then we go to sleep, um, right? Because we can't do anything any right. We can't take my, I can't take my girls out to, to get some ice cream cones or anything like that. Or go to a restaurant. So um, sometimes we'll we'll do little dates like that for her and for Phoebe loves it too. But as your kids get older, you'll be able to find out their love language as well and, and what um, really clicks with them and, and what you can do to make sure they feel loved and appreciated. Um, so, but going back into the show, and I kind of got a little off topic here. Going back into the show, it's called uh, "Is Love Blind?" I, I think it's a great experiment. Um, the crazy part about it is though, so, so, you know, you're talking to different people in these pods and when you find a connection with someone, if you have more dates with them and, you know, you, you might have a couple, when you come down to the end, you might have a couple girls that you're trying to figure out, but when you find a strong connection with someone, um, if you want, you can ask them to marry you and if they say yes, then you get to meet them and see what they look like. So you... You already agree to be engaged before you even see this person. Which, you know, again, I know it's crazy. I know it's insane. Um, but it does allow you to get on a personal level with someone without, like I said, judging a book by his cover. Um, by what they look like. So it's kind of a cool, neat experience, I think. Then you get to meet each other, and then after you meet each other... You got to go live with each other for a month. You move into this apartment they have set up for you. Actually, right after you meet each other, you go on a honeymoon to Mexico or Cancun or wherever they put them, and um, and then after that, uh, like two or three days there, you go live with each other for a month. And at the end of the month, um, you have to, you know, in that month, you're getting to know each other better. You're getting to introduce them to your family and friends, and your friends and family are thinking you're insane for doing this project. And this experiment, and at the end of this, you actually go to the wedding. And when it's time to say yes or no, if you say I do, 
then you stay married. If you say, I don't, then the whole thing is for nothing. And there's five couples that they, 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 that actually came out of this, and only two of them, two of them are still married, and one of them actually broke up at the wedding, but they're still dating at this time and taking it on a slower pace. So it's a pretty interesting show. If you like those type of reality shows, I highly recommend it. it was season one was last year, and the next season will come out. Um, season one came out yeah last year, and the next season will come out in 2021. So looking forward to season two of that thing. I think it's pretty interesting. Um, the next show we're going to watch is we, we actually been watching uh, Community, which is pretty funny. We're way behind on that one. Uh, we've been watching episodes of that, but then the next one is uh, 30 Day Fiance. And it's another one of those shows, crazy. Um, I'm guessing you have 30 days uh, to marry your marry the girl. I don't know the, the whole part about it, but it's 30 Day Fiance. And I haven't uh, watched any yet. The one thing that we're going to watch. and um, I'm not big on that reality TV, but that kind of sounds interesting as well. So there's some shows that we've been watching here. Um, MJ Last Dance, though, is number one right now. I, I, need, to, I need to plug in Ozark. Um, we need to watch the Tiger King. I forget they came out with another episode of Tiger King. And I, I forget about that. One thing, though. One thing, though, guys, I've been really looking forward to, and I've been really digging and doing some research, is a PlayStation 5 coming out. And if you've wa- if you heard my other episodes, let me talk that again because uh, I did not sound right. If you've watched or listened to, or if you listened to my other episodes, you know I'm a PlayStation guy. It's PlayStation all the way, no ifs, ands, or buts. PlayStation 5 is coming out this year. Super excited. We don't know the price, and we don't know what it's going to look like yet. But I'm getting super excited for it because we know it's going to rock and we know it's going to kick Xboxes. But always does, always will, and that's just a fact, alright? So for all you Xbox people out there, you can suck it. Um, now when they, release this, uh, when they release this PlayStation 5, coronavirus has slowed down production, unfortunately. And it says they're, they're only going to be, um, it's going to slow down production they're only going to release... Uh, five to six million consoles which still is quite a bit of consoles so i don't think we should be that big worried about it um the ps4 release was 7.5 million copies uh copies of the console and so i don't think that's a big of enough difference for everyone to freak out um so and it's also they're saying that it could cause the price of the system to go up they're average they're thinking of anywhere between 450 and 550 dollars the price for the PlayStation 5, and and I think that's you know, if it gets to 550, that's pretty steep. I'm hoping 399, 400 would be would be better, definitely. Um, it's gonna be well worth it though, guys. This 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 next console is gonna be great. The PS4 is amazing. The PS5 will be backwards compatible, so it's gonna be able to play your PS4 games on your PS5. It's probably gonna come out with a couple games that um, end on the PS4, and, and you can play on the PS5. Uh, it's gonna be you know. 4K, where you can actually uh, play in 4K and watch 4K movies and, and Blu-rays and everything else. It's going to be amazing. So, one thing that we've also we've learned about the the PlayStation 5 is the Dual Sense controller. Now, this Dual Sense controller, they've been working on it for three years, and um, it's that's a long. First of all, <coughs> excuse me. First of all, it's a long time. For 
just developing a controller, right? You know, three years just for the controller. Um, can you imagine the amount of time it takes and, and everything they put together for the, for the system? So, um, so my buddy starts talking to me about it. And he tells me, actually, my buddy's name is Jeff, and I'm gonna probably hopefully do another podcast with him on Saturday. And if you want to know anything about specs and electronics and PlayStation, um, you go to this guy because uh, he's he's pretty much an expert on it. Um, but uh, he talks about the controller, and, and I did my own research on it, started looking it up, and they have what they call haptic uh, feedback. And haptic feedback, it says it allows you to feel when you play um, the game. So it allows you to feel, it says, it gave me an example of if you're driving through mud. You can be able to feel your controller is going to change. It's gonna, you're going to feel something different. Um, that's why it's called the dual sense controller, haptic feedback. Um, they have adaptive triggers to the L2 and R2 button. Um, you can feel the difference in it when you're when you're doing actions such as they, they, they say such as pulling a bow and arrow back to shoot an arrow. Um, I am so interested in this controller, guys. You know, when you think of a controller, just oh, how does it feel in my hand? And you know, you're just pushing buttons. Um, the PlayStation 4 controller felt really good in the hand. It, it felt really amazing in the hand. Um, the one downside of the DualSense controller. That, that that I know of so far without actually testing, obviously, is it is bigger than the PS4 controller. And it kind of looks like the size of an Xbox controller, maybe not as big. Um, so people were kind of making fun of it when they first saw it. Like, oh, it looks like an Xbox controller. If that's the only thing wrong with this controller is the size of it, I think we'll, this PS, PS players will be okay with that. Because they're adding so much into it. The detail, every little detail they put in this thing. We still haven't seen the back of the controller, um, but we've heard there's buttons on the back. Um, but what this is doing is it's going to give you more of a impactful gameplay. It's going to um, give you more of that in, immersion, immersion right into the game where you feel it, where you're going to be able to feel it better. Um, those the uh, the haptic feedback and those adaptive triggers, <coughs> excuse me, are going to make it where you can actually feel a difference, feel like you're playing the game. It's going to bring you into the game and give you more of a surreal experience. And I think that is awesome. I think that's what PS5 um, is going to do for you. They're looking to change the gaming world. Xbox is looking to make a powerful system. And give you the same old stuff and the same old games with Halo and the Gears of War, okay? And PlayStation is looking to change the world of gaming. Xbox controller does nothing like this. This controller itself is something that's that's super awesome. Um, it's the Dual Sense controller, and I can't wait to get to play it and see what happens when I play a different game. Whether you're playing a football game and you're trying to break through a tackle. Whether you're, you're you know you're playing Call of Duty and you're you're running around shooting bullets zipping by you, um, it also comes with a um, <clears throat> a speaker in the controller. So if you're playing games online, boom. If you don't now the, he the headset's always probably the best they say, but if you don't have a headset, you can speak straight through the controller. Um, they have a 
Oh, another one thing I like about it, the USB-C port for the controller for fast charging. So most phones now are made with a USB-C and um, it gives you the ability to fast charge. USB-C has a lot of different things it can do regularly than a USB and it's gonna come with that port finally. Um, so I, have a, I don't have an issue charging my PlayStation 4 controllers but it's, it's I have one I have one thing to charge them with and if that thing gets messed up it stinks to go back to the regular cord because that plug-in sometimes gets a little iffy um, but this USB-C they they great, connect greatly I can use my phone charger to record them obviously it's going to come with recorders uh, cords to power the, the controllers and, and um, it's going to be uh, that fast charging which is great um there's a new button on the thing. They took off the share button on the PS4 controller, and they have a new create button. Um, obviously, I think it's to you know create. You're creating your video clips and your stuff to stream online. They say it's going to do more than that. We don't know about all of it yet. They're just you know leaving us with it with you know that little intense. Um, which you know we're waiting. We're on the anticipation train, waiting for the PS5 information. And so this is all the stuff we know about so far. But what I really like about it, and there's actually a video if you want to go look it up. Um, PS5 is trying to be, not only is it trying, they're trying to emerge you, emerge you into the game. And submerge you where you're, you're able to play this game and feel like you're in it. And you're going to be able to feel the difference on that DualSense controller and everything like that. But... They're trying to make it run smoothly. It's going to be the. It's going to. This thing going to say visually, visually, be no load times. We're talking about no load times. Zero eight tenths of a second is what they played earlier on this clip. Eight tenths of a second, you're in the game. Boom. You want to pull up another game. Boom. You pull up another game in eight seconds. You're I mean, eight tenths of a second. Sorry, not eight seconds. Eight tenths of a second. Um. The SD card, I read an article that they talked about the SD card they put in the PlayStation 5. It's, it's better than the Xbox uh, SD card. And what it does, so I didn't know they made video games this way. My buddy was talking to me about it too. And so if you ever play Zero Horizon Dawn, which is a really good game for PS4, I recommend it. But if you're looking in front of you, like your character is looking in front of you, you see you know the world, but behind you is empty. It's empty, and then when you turn... It loads that part of the map, and or if you see a game where you you're, you're going through a a, um, a, a place uh, uh, just a scene in the in the in the, in the um, on the gameplay, it's just the scene that comes up. It's it's trying to load the rest of the what's going to happen next, or whatever they do. All those things to, to to load what's coming next. They're talking about this SD card that they put in there is going to take that away to where everything's already loaded, to where. There's no load times, and it's going to give developers for the PlayStation games the ability to um, just create big worlds and open worlds and do what they want to do with it. And I think that's a big thing for PlayStation. PlayStation has always allowed their developers to create more games, and that and to me, to me, what makes a better system is what who makes better games, better exclusive games, and in my opinion. PlayStation has that. Um, when it comes between PlayStation and Xbox, Xbox and PlayStation's graphics are pretty close to the same thing, right? Graphics have become so good right now. Um, and between both consoles, it's kind of hard to tell the difference. 
but PlayStation to me does things better. Um, even with this controller, right? Xbox's new controller is just going to be this another regular controller with buttons. That's it. Um, so I think they're going to change the game. They're going to take that different thing, the PS5, and then I, Xbox will have to rebuttal with a different controller. Oh, well, maybe we need to do something like this. Um, and, and when the Wii, when you talk about the Wii and all that stuff, Nintendo's out. Nintendo's garbage. They, 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 they are not competing with the big boys, uh, big boy consoles, all right? So, um, but I'm super excited about the PlayStation. My buddy Jeff, hopefully we can get on Saturday. We really get to get in, dive deep down into the PlayStation 5, some games that they're going to be coming out for it, um, some uh, different things like that. So hopefully look out for another episode coming uh, later on in this, uh, this weekend. So, um, but I hope you guys are staying safe out there. They are starting to open everything back up. Well, not everything back up as far as the Corona stuff goes and being quarantined. Um, here in Texas, they're opening things slowly and which I think is smart. They're opening things. They open parks on Monday. Um, they, where you can go to the park with less than five people, keep your social distancing, wear a mask. Um, future, I don't, I don't know if they made any more statements today about what's coming, but I think Friday, but by Friday they're going to be opening up. They're talking about movie theaters, um, some some stuff like that. So we're starting to open back up. And but Georgia, we're doing it gradually. Georgia just said, "Screw it, we're opening up Friday." They opened up some beaches. We're opening up everything. Um, so I guess they're going to be the guinea pig uh, that's first doing this, where they're doing it so fast. Uh, I guess they're going to be a guinea pig for it and. I hope they don't let anybody come into and out of Georgia when they're doing this to kind of try and contain it into the state. And I guess we're going to see what happens. Um, we did get more numbers. I read an article today. We did get more tests back from California. And they said they said it's 55 times more people have the coronavirus in California than they thought. Um whether they be asymptomatic, probably a lot of them are, or they had it at one point and didn't know it, thought it was maybe the flu or whatever. Whatever the case may be, they got tested. They got these tests back. Turns out the numbers are a lot higher than they thought, but that's also a good thing because, I'll tell you why, because that means the death rate for these people that got tested recently and haven't died, the death rate is way lower than we thought. And... That's because um, we're finally getting more people tested and they're coming out with more tests. So if you want to get tested, I think you can now um, without having to be on your deathbed or show symptoms. I don't know. There, I heard Walgreens. Look up into Walgreens. Uh, there's one in Dallas and one in Fort Worth. I think they are going to do 15-minute drive-through um, COVID-19 checks if you want to get checked out. I don't think you have to have any symptoms you can always call and see and, and do your research on that. Um, I heard it on the radio today. But uh, so they're opening things back up, and which is good to get back to normal life. I, I'm still a little nervous of of starting it back or going back too quickly because you could have the second wave, and um, I just don't want that to happen. So and, and put us back in further in the hole. So we'll see what happens and and go from there. Um, I think it is because a lot of the things is they're saying. Well, our state it hasn't really been um, ravaged like New York or, or like other states to where I think we could open it back up sooner than later. So they've canceled school for the rest of the year, which is 
uh, about time because they'd keep moving it back and moving it back and moving it back the date of going back to school. So they've canceled that. We're still doing homeschooling online. So um, we'll see what happens with it. You know, we're just taking it day by day like everybody else. And, and, and you know, thank God I'm able to work and hope those that are not able to work are, are able to get back sooner than later. Um, we have businesses file for bankruptcy. Neiman Marcus here in Texas is, is uh, going to file for bankruptcy protection. Um, so things are getting bad out there for the economy, and, and I hope I hope things are able to get back up sooner than later. But I hope that we're doing it in a smartly manner, where um, where we're not going to have this second spread and, and put us back further uh, on the time frame. So um, that's pretty much all I got for you today, guys. I hope that you are staying safe, that you guys will be able to get back to work. I hope that uh, you're also spending this time with your family. And making some more traditions with them and, and really really understanding what's important in this life um, is your family and your kids and, and your wife and, um, and your husband and whatever. But um, I, I want to remind you guys again, if you have a story you want to share with me, please feel free to. Uh, my email is uh, B, as in Brian, to the number two. T-H-E-W-A-T-S at gmail.com. That's B to the Watts at gmail.com. Um, we have that Michael Goliath page on Facebook. Um, it's a Facebook page, and it'll lead you into the actual My Goliath website. You can share. It's, it's supposed to be um, a, um, a place where you can share your stories of inspiration. I know you might be busy right now trying to figure everything out in your life. But if you have a story to tell me where you want to inspire other people, my story is on there about loss. And this is, this is um, overcoming um, your, your Goliath. It's called my Goliath. It's overcoming your Goliath. And it's overcoming something in your life, whether it be stre- uh, anxiety or depression or whatever. My brother-in-law, Zach's uh, story is up there about anxiety. My, my story is up there about loss. Uh, if you have anything, anything you want to share with us, feel free to share with that. That email is b to the watts at gmail.com. Feel free to share. We can share your story with other people and have it. It's supposed to be an inspiring opportunity for others to read your story and get something out of it. If you have any questions for me, anything you want to talk about, you can hit me up on Facebook page um, at Watson's Playbook Facebook page. Um, you can email me at the b to the watts at gmail.com. If you want a shoulder to cry on, a shoulder to talk to at this hard time, you can also do the same as well. So just please stay safe. Um, and I, this is me just telling you guys to, to find the silver linings in this, what we're going through right now. Because there are silver linings. And in everything that happens in your life, silver linings exist. Sometimes they're harder to find than others. But they're there. So stay safe. Have some hope, pray, have some faith, and remember to always look for the little things in life.